everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, and we're just thrilled to have you with us today. Before we get into our show, I, um, I know we always get new listeners, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about who we are and what we do and why we're here. Um, bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort worldwide. And we believe that the only way we are going to win against this disease is to uh, work collaboratively together. And I know that's working because of all of your likes and clicks and shares um, through your Facebook friends, your LinkedIn colleagues, your Twitter tribes, your Pinterest peeps. Um, each of you has had a huge impact on raising awareness for Alzheimer's and dementia by just doing those small little clicks and pushing them out to your sphere of influence. In fact, we were named the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz, because of your help. So we really, really appreciate um, your efforts and know that they're not for naught. Um, they really do have power out there. <clears throat> Alzheimer's Speaks also believes really strongly that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to remove some of the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those living with the disease continue to live with purpose and be engaged in society. Together, uh, we feel that everybody can understand the true needs and, um, again, help remove these myths and stigmas that cause such fear and isolation for family, friends, and communities alike. If you are interested in being part of our show, um, please reach out to me. Just go to our, our kind of mothership, alzheimerspeaks.com, and there on the top will be a big contact button. Because, uh, again, Alzheimer's Speaks' mission is to raise everyone's voice. So if you have an opinion about dementia, if you have tools, products, um, and services that you think others could tap into, we want to hear from you. Um, so just go to that contact button, again, on alzheimerspeaks.com, and, um, and shoot me an email or give me a holler. Would love to, would love to work with you. Now, we are lucky enough here at Alive and Social to be able to offer a couple of freebies for you. One um, has to do with FreshBooks, which is a super simple invoicing solution, and it allows you to create and send really slick, professional-looking invoices in seconds. helps you track and manage your money, and you can get a free 30-day trial by just going to gofreshbooks.com forward slash alive. That's gofreshbooks.com forward slash alive. The other offer we have for you is with Audible. And you can get a 30-day trial there and pick out a book of your choice because life is so fast-paced. We don't always have time to curl up in a chair and read. Um, we can listen when we're going on a walk, when we are driving, when we're sitting at work um, and hear a story be told to us. And you can get your free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash social. That's audibletrial.com forward slash social. Now today we are going to have a, I think, a great show, a one that people are going to be really, I think, talking about for a long time. Because every time I have uh, featured somebody about music, um, this one seems to get a lot of, a lot of hits and a lot of push. Um, and so we are really lucky to have with us Steve Toll, who is the National Director of Music Programming. Steve is a classical musician and composer at heart. Um, his interest is um, really in what he has seen to be amazing transformation through the power of music. And it's inspired him to do research and develop a philosophy which he uses music as a powerful therapeutic tool. 
Steve uh, Toole has been um, a keynote speaker and a trainer for the National Alzheimer's Association agencies and companies throughout the United States. And currently, Steve is the National Director of Music Programming for Come for Care Home Health Care Holdings, um, or Health Care Holdings, excuse me. So with no further ado, I just want to welcome Steve to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, good. I I always like to ask people uh, one question before I kind of get into my talking points, and that is, have you been personally touched by dementia with family, friends, or colleagues? Well, I I have, and uh, certainly with um, with with family. Uh, in terms of my uh, my father in law has uh, been dealing with actually a neurodegenerative form of dementia called PSP, which really does not. It's kind of interesting, and there are many types of dementias as we know, but this really affects the, uh, the, the um, fine motor skills and eventually the, the, the gross motor skills. And it doesn't really affect memory. However, it does affect speech. So he does have some aphasia. So it's a, different, a little bit different type of dementia. And um, it's pretty debilitating from a physical point of view. So uh, we, I've, he loves music and we've used music with him to help him to remain somewhat um, physical in terms of being able to clap hands or do some physical movement that's helped him in, in rhythm to the music. So that's, that was uh, directly. And of course, over the years, I've met many people and have become friends with many families who've, who've been touched by all forms of dementia and uh, met some tremendous people along the way and seen some amazing transformations as well. Wonderful. Well, it's uh, I am like I said, I'm really excited about having this conversation. My mom lived with the disease for 30 years, and on our YouTube, we actually have I don't know probably oh probably a dozen short little pieces of the effects of music, and so powerful. Um, just even when she you know couldn't engage, she would with music, and um, there you know she's since passed a couple years ago, but. Those just live on in my heart, my soul. And if I'm having a bad day, I flick one of those on and it just makes me smile, you know, that she was at peace and comfortable and happy and, and, um, you know, just so soothing. So I think, uh, I'm real interested in, like I said, talking about the power of music. Why do you think music, um, is so helpful to us in terms of reminiscing? Well, one of the things that music does, and you mentioned it, you know, you're able to access parts of the brain that we've seen now through scans that music affects all parts of the brain. So when someone hears music, especially some particular song or form of music that has real personal significance for them, it really connects with so many different elements of memory. So it's not just that we remember the song and remember the words, although that's extremely powerful. And I've seen many times where people who no longer can speak, you start playing a song and they're lit up and they know all the words and they can sing along. But it also taps into those long-term memories that we associate with particular songs. You know, maybe it was the song, our wedding song. Maybe it was a song that had to do with a first date or some other significant um, event in in someone's life. So to be able to access those wonderful memories through the use of a song also many times will stimulate that person to start to speak where you think they didn't remember or weren't able to communicate. Now all of a sudden we see that this person is opened up and awakened to those those memories and you can have a conversation for that. It may be temporary, but all of that really improves quality of life during that time. So it's, it's, it's extremely powerful in that way. Well, and I want to mention, you know, the quality of life, of course, is so, imperso- uh, so important for the person with dementia, um, but it also for the people that are caring for them. It, 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 uh, to me, um, you know, what I have felt and what I've seen and what I've heard from others, it allows care partners to, to take a shift to and to be joyful and peaceful and that's huge. Absolutely. And you, you, you mentioned earlier when you were speaking about how you 
we'll look at some of these, some of the songs and some of the musical moments with your mother and, 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 you know, and feel good. Well, I always tell that to caregivers, you know, you can use the music for yourself, music, working with someone with music, listening together, engaging together, help them maybe to clap their hands. This connection that is formed is really just, I think, as important for the caregiver as it is for the, the person who has, who has Alzheimer's because it helps you to find some joy in the day and to be able to connect on kind of an equal footing. And I also encur- always encourage caregivers to make a playlist of the, of the music that has significance for them so that they can turn to it and use it to, to feel better, to pick up a mood, to just generally relax and de-stress. So critical for caregivers as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and, you know, you mentioned creating a playlist for them. But I also think that, you know, nowadays, um, you know, we're trying to be more conscious of how we care. Um, we should make a place, playlist for ourselves because you don't have to be sick for music to be powerful. Um, you can be dry. No, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, yeah, the caregiver, the caregivers should always have a playlist of music that has meaning for them. Oh, okay. Well. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very important. Um, when did yeah. you first discover the power of music, Steve? Well, I would say that I, I first discovered it when I was probably 15 years old and I was playing in a band. I started early. I, I was a professional musician from the age of 15. And the first thing I noticed whenever I was playing somewhere with a band, I would see how as soon as the music started, it affected people. It either drew them on the dance floor together. It somehow unified everyone. So I realized early on that it was really a very powerful force. Mm-hmm. And then I was a musician for many years and probably about 25 years ago when I was, I was playing with it with a band and uh, in that band, I, I'm a uh, classical violinist that I studied for many years and also play keyboards. And in this particular band, I was playing electric violin and keyboards, but I also play guitar and I sing. We were in the rehearsal hall. I picked up one of the guitars and started to play Embraceable You, the George Gershwin song, because I had always loved the, the, the standards, the great American songbook. I had grown up listening to those things. Uh, great, great songs. And um, I started to play Embraceable You and sing it. And a couple of the band members said to me, you know, we didn't even know you knew that music, let alone could play it. And they said, you know, you should go to a nursing home. This is about 25 years ago that the residents would really love it. And I said, you know, I'll give it a try. And that's what I did. And early on, I saw someone with Alzheimer's who seemed to be completely despondent, disoriented. I started to play a song, that person's head lifted, eyes open, started singing along with the, with the music. And that was really an aha moment for me. And I uh, started to research dementia and Alzheimer's and learning about it. And I got a certification as a dementia care specialist and became more and more involved in how powerful music is to, to help people with any form of dementia, really any, anything generally, but certainly with dementia, it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Now, are you an actual certified therapist? I am not a certified music therapist. No. And you know, I had thought about it many times. I was so busy working and working with music and I know many music therapists and have worked with them. And, um, you know, my, uh, really my specialty became working with groups of people, uh, leading, leading sing-alongs. I call therapeutic sing-alongs because I was engaging with each person in the room. And, uh, the, the, uh, at that point, uh, music therapy really, it didn't really seem like a, a great track for me. Mm-hmm. And as it, as it turned out, you know, there are so many other ways to use music. Music is therapeutic just by nature. And uh, I really focused more on learning about dementia and becoming more uh, tuned in to the specific needs of people with dementia and all types of dementia, Alzheimer's being, of course, the, the one that uh, is um, most prevalent. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I um, I guess I know, you know, with me, I, I have had uh, some music therapists get really upset that, you know, you can't use music that way. I'm like, people use music this way all the time. Um, you know, we listen to it in the car. We listen to it when we wake up, when we go to bed. Um, you know, we're just not conscious of some of the aspects. And granted, with their training, there's a lot more that can be done. But I think as a general community, if we are just more aware of what what music triggers for people, um, we can utilize that as individuals. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't have to cost money, you know, per se. Um, in order to do that, um, you know, you can put on it, put put music on your phone or your radio or, you know, your iPhone or whatever you might have and um, exactly. create an atmosphere. So um, I just wanted to and, make, make that clarification because I know some people listening yeah, would want to know. And, and for that, for that reason, you know, I really, I encourage at Comfort Care, we, you know, we are a franchise system of home care agencies throughout the United States and Canada and I always encourage all of our franchise owners to embrace the use of music, train their caregivers to be able to connect with someone with music. And we do this by learning about all of our clients through a tool that we have called a social history questionnaire. And we learn about them so that we can design customized playlists for them. And then I also we also encourage our caregivers, like we said earlier, to Think of the songs that they like so they can use the same type of techniques that they're using with their clients to help themselves. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you don't have to be a music therapist to do this. You don't have to be a musician to do this. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing because you don't really even have to know how to sing very well. And I I said, I say to many people who say, oh, I don't sing. I said, well, did you ever sing in the shower or sing in the car when you're listening to the radio? Most people say, yes, they have. So. Mm It's not about someone judging your your vocals vocal abilities. It's just about being able to harness that great power and feel better. Well, and I agree with that. One of the things that you know my mom told me uh, or taught me, I should say, through her thirty year journey was, you know, I love to sing, and I still this haunts me. <laughs> and I'm and I'm almost sick. I'm pushing sixty now, but I remember driving in the car, and I used to love to sing, but I had a terrible voice, and I'll never forget. And it was kind of a joke in our family, but I remember us going on a long trip and my dad looking at my mom going, can you please have her stop, you know? And there was a <laughs> there, there was a judgment because I wasn't on key, but, you know, dang, I was having fun and, and I was engaged. And, you know, in my mind, I was a rock and roll star. And um, what I learned through my mom's journey with dementia was there's no judgment. And so she didn't care if I was on pitch or not. She just wanted to have fun. And so it allowed me to to sing, and not that I didn't after that statement from my dad, and um, that might seem really unkind, which he was he was not. But you know, I was I was I was not a good singer. That was plain and simple, and I knew that as well. Um, I just didn't know it bothered him (laughs) to the extent that it did. Well, you know, you know, music music connects to that to that deep emotional self that we have. And that's one of the reasons why it's so powerful with people with dementia, because someone with dementia may have lost a lot, a lot of things, but they still have many, many um, qualities and characteristics and wonderful things that remain. And a rich emotional life is one of those things. To be able to tap into the emotions and connect with someone with music and for that person to be able to connect with themselves through music is truly an amazing power. And that emotion, that rich emotional life remains Mm -hmm. in someone with dementia. Uh, And so you can tap into that. So singing together, however you sound, smiling, making eye contact, enjoying one another's company through the use of music is extremely powerful. Well, and I liked when you just said, you know, smiling, having that contact, because I think that that's something that we really, really take for granted. And, um, you know, smile is so powerful. When I go out and do dementia training and speak at conferences, you know, I just, I talk about the power of a smile. And if there's only one thing you can remember is try to be pleasant, you know, and and have a smile because, you know, it says we're okay, in this space 
and we're, we should all be comfortable, you know, and having fun. And uh, it, it's just so powerful. And we forget that when we're caring for someone who's ill, we take things so seriously. And we forget to have yeah. fun and just be real people. And those, those soft little nonverbals are so critical because a person with dementia can still read into our nonverbals if we want to admit That's it or it. not. With that. They can definitely. In fact, I in fact I, I sort of believe that that is the ability that even may get a little enhanced, mm-hmm. uh, possibly. You know, that's one of one of the aspects of our uh, dementia wise program, which is Comfort Care's uh, proprietary program for dementia training. We tell all of our caregivers, check yourself. In other words don't bring your baggage into a connection. And that goes with anyone, family or whomever is is doing the care. You know, whatever issues you may have, you have to sort of leave them at the door, leave them somewhere else, because that going in, it's difficult at some times, it's challenging, but bringing that into the relationship, the, the person with dementia is going to feel that there's something going on. So you've got to You've got to do your best to leave those things behind. And then the next thing you have to do is make a warm connection. And that warm connection is through a smile. It's through a, uh, an accepting look. Uh, you know, it's a non-judgmental uh, kind of a, a demeanor that is just so powerful in creating those connections, especially when someone's having a hard day or they're doing something that they don't want to do. For instance, Getting someone with with uh, with Alzheimer's sometimes can be very challenging to get to get a bath, and we've had this many times, and I've seen it many times, uh, both uh, with with people who live at home and people who live in uh, in communities. I can tell you one uh, very powerful story about a a man I met. Uh, he was living in, in a uh, in an assisted living community in a in a memory care unit, mm-hmm. and the caregivers there had a very difficult time getting him to the lavatory for his bath. He just refused. He became very agitated, and through a little bit of investigation, we found out that this man grew up in New York City and loved Broadway shows and was and loved the music from Broadway shows. Uh, so. Um, I visited him and started playing some of the songs, and it turns out that one of his favorite songs, which always was effective in getting him down the hall to get in the bath, ironically was the song "Ain't Misbehavin'." Mm-hmm. But that, that always kind of that always kind of cracked me up because you know <laughs> it seems so <laughs> ironic. But um, that song. All you had to do was go over to him and start singing a little bit. And, I, you know, some of the caregivers said, well, I can't sing. It's all you got to do is no one to talk with by myself, just like that. And he would get right into it. He would start to move to the music, and he would just go very delightfully down the hall to the bath, and it worked with him every time. Mm-hmm. So it's sometimes it's finding that particular song, that really works. We had another case where where someone refused a bath, uh, wouldn't you know, just would not do it. We discovered that this particular person's favorite song was the old rugged cross, and played the old rugged cross and sang it with her, and that worked for her to change her whole attitude about it. So it, it's truly amazing when you find that right that right recipe, so to speak, you can oftentimes change the whole focus. Yep. Yeah, you really, you really can. And when you can change the mood and the environment, it's just such a powerful, powerful thing. Um, Now, one of the questions, and I think we've answered this a little bit, but I, I think you'll probably go into more detail is, do you need to be a musician to use music when you're caring for somebody? You definitely do not need to be a musician. And there's all sorts of resources now for music. There's very simple ways to play it. I mean, if you have certainly, I mean, if you have a, a Wi-Fi connection, you can stream music. You can you can uh, purchase music from iTunes or, or Amazon. You can burn them on a CD and play them on a little boom box. You can put them on an iPod and, and, and use a headset. 
uh, and you can just you can just sing along with the person. I mean, if you have the music playing, you really don't have to be a singer. And even if you don't sing, you know, you can you can clap hands and just generally engage with that person. It's really not about it's really about listening together and engaging together. That is the most powerful way. Now, that being said, you can also use music passively. Um, what we tend to do is use music passively more for a, um, a relaxation technique or to help someone who has trouble going to sleep. We have maybe a peaceful playlist of peaceful songs that are kind, that are that are encourage sleep, encourage relaxation. Maybe in the morning, some upbeat songs to get the person going. You can use music throughout the day to kind of set the tone and create the mood. You can do that with passive music just playing in the background. And then also you can use music more as of an engaging kind of an activity where you're actually working with the person and you're engaging together. You know, you're making that connection. You're clapping hands to the music. You're maybe dancing in place. If a person is, is, is non-ambulatory, you can take their hands and sway to the music. Um, there's many kinds of things you can do that really don't require any musical ability at all. It's really more of a, an ability to connect and really just be a warm, loving person. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and one of the things, you know, that it helped for me with the music was it, it, again, it made me more conscious of her nonverbal responses and in our touch. Um, so when we started out, maybe we were standing up dancing then she ended up wheelchair bound, you know, my mom, and then I danced with her in the wheelchair and then that didn't work anymore. And then pretty much we were swinging arms, you know, and then pretty soon it was down to fingers and then it was just kind of rubbing or tapping, you know, her hand. Um, and, and so in, in all of those things were so precious and I, and I never would have done them before, you know, (laughs) with my mom and, and yet they're, they're just, it's such intimate, there's such an intimate connection through music. Um, that's just very soothing and, um, very, very powerful. So I would definitely encourage people to tap into it. I know for my brother's, um, they were really uncomfortable visiting with my mom. They didn't know what to do. So music was really their go-to thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't want to massage yeah, her hands yeah. or do do different types of things, but they could plug in a CD, and it, right. it made them feel more comfortable being there. And you bring up a very important point, too, that, that, that using music in this way can be adapted through level of function as the person declines you 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 adjust you 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 already talked about how you adjusted using music together as your as your mother uh, went through the journey and 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 became more uh, affected by the disease you were able to uh, adapt it so that it so that it was still an extremely effective activity to do with her and had all those benefits. And you also bring up a very good point about making visits more, more you know, connected, mm-hmm. easier, something to do, something that we all have in common that we can share together, which is sometimes extremely difficult. I mean, I've seen many families and talked with many families who have such difficulty with this. And music is always kind of an equalizer in a way to help with, create that connection again. Very important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it, and it's funny how it's, you know, music, I think, and a lot of the, the social um, things that were going on for engagement were kind of poo-pooed for a long time, I think, in the industry. And now they're kind of coming to the forefront. And people are going, oh, this, this can work. It doesn't necessarily have to be a pill, <laughs> you know. And so that's yeah, been... You know, yeah, as I was saying, there's a lot of there's a lot happening in that in that regard. And I've spoken with a number of uh, neurologists who really, you know, they may diagnose the disease, but then it, what what do they tell the family? What do, what do you do? You know, so a lot of neurologists now are look are seeing that how effective music is as something to recommend that people can do to maintain the connection for as long as possible. Yeah. And that's way overdue. I mean, cause there's still a lot of physicians that aren't sharing even the diagnosis with, with uh, the person or their family. 
And, you know, we all need that help and that support, um, pushing people into, you know, supportive care situations and, and, you know, ways that will make them uh, be more comfortable um, in in this new role that they have as as a care partner. Um, with all of your, you know, positive information that we know about the power of music and how important it is to inspire its use and, and um, you know, help people just grab a hold and harness it, how can you really encourage um, care partners to implement this in a daily care plan? Well, I, you know, I think one of the ways is we, you know, is just outreach. Uh, one of the things that that comfort care does is we have lots of uh, of public presentations about the power of music about using meaningful activities uh, like music in a very dynamic way and we also do things we we sponsor screenings of the documentary alive inside which is an extremely powerful film about uh, how music is is used therapeutically uh it's it's just a great film i recommend that uh anyone who hasn't seen it to see it as they believe it is available on Netflix. And I know that you can get it through Amazon as well. Uh, but we will, we have sponsored a number of screenings all over the country and we promote them and we encourage people to come and we have a panel uh, discussion about the film. And we talk about the programs that we have. We've had some quite esteemed panelists on our discussion uh, after the film to talk about the film, answer questions from the audience. And it's always amazed me every time we've done this after the film, everyone is so opened up that we usually don't have enough time for all of the questions and comments that people have. So it's, we usually have to go and, and, you know, just after people are just milling around to speak and ask questions and talk and, want to know how they can get involved and where can they get music and, you know, and, 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 and how can they become part of this? You know, so those are some of the ways that we, it's, it's spreading the word. It's getting out there and spreading the word. And, you know, that is really the way we can do it. And I got to tell you, since I started doing this, when I first started doing this and, uh, you know, I started out, going into nursing homes and, 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 and basically leading sing-alongs, playing music, singing songs with the residents. And, you know, the, the management liked, liked what I did. And, and I quickly discovered that many of the caregivers who worked in these establishments, when I came in and did my music, they would sort of go away. They wouldn't really engage. And I, and I realized that if the, if the caregivers were engaging during the music with the residents, how much more beneficial and powerful it would be. So that, that motivated and inspired me to develop a training for caregivers. And that's what I did. I went around to uh, various uh, nursing homes and assisted livings and independent living. And I, and I tried to train caregivers. When I first started doing this, they looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, and, so it's come full circle now. I mean, it's taken 20 years, but now when we talk about it, now it's embraced. There isn't anyone that I've talked to in, in any community that doesn't believe that music has benefits. Now, they may not have uh, a, a really official music program. Many of them use music, but they may not be using it as uh, – as fully as they could to get the, the the benefits out of it for all the residents, but they are aware of it. So that's, that's progress. It takes a long time and I expect that it's going to continue. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, part of it is um, we're so used to, especially in dementia care, people would just kind of like what they do with young kids. They throw the TV on and put that in front of them. And, you know, they can't follow a storyline because it's all new and it's all fresh. Um, but with music, that stuff is so rooted into their brain, you know. And some of the songs, I, I know with my mom towards the end, we did a lot of simple songs, You Are My Sunshine and things like that, and even some lullabies. But they were so embedded in her, she still remembered mm -hmm. those songs. And so, you know, it's, it's putting our judgment aside and going into their space of what's going to make them comfortable, what's going to give them the ability to interact and um, feel a part. 
And I think we still have a long ways in, you know, to go um, to, to get society to remove, to remove our judgment um, on different aspects of, of care with individuals. Yeah, that, that, is, that is definitely true. I, I will say that music is one of those things that is, it, the songs are embedded in us, but music in general is embedded in us. I mean, we're, music is part of life. Music is natural. Uh, from the baby in the womb, listening to the mother speak, it, it, it creates a music in the, in the form of speech in phrasing. And they've shown that, that um, babies will sort of, uh, they sound like the mother in terms of the structure and the phrasing of their tone. So, and also rhythm. Rhythm is just part of life. I mean, whenever you start playing music, you put on a song, you see people, almost anyone is going to start moving to the music, whether it's a subtle little tapping of, the, of a toe or, you know, actually moving to the music. It's embedded in us. It's, it, it, it's part of our, of our makeup. And, uh, you know, there's science that proves that going back, back thousands of years to, to show that music being used as a communication tool early on and music as part of speech, the way we speak is musical as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of natural just to, to realize that music is there and it's, it's a universal language. And there's been many, many uh, uh, examples of how people from all over the world will respond together to music. It doesn't matter where they're from, what language they speak, what their particular background is, their ethnic group, whatever it is, everyone can come together in a unified way with music. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of us have listened and, and purchased music in different languages. We don't even know what they're saying, but we like the melody and the beat and um, whatever. Um, so, it, you know, it isn't about this verbalization all the time. It's really more about the the vibration it gives off, you know, to us. And, um and how it makes us feel. You had mentioned, you know, um, doing uh, educational programs with Alive Inside, which is so wonderful. And people can see snippets of that on YouTube as well. Very, very powerful. But it, it really does. It shows not only the change in the individual, but it, change, it, it shows the change in the room and how people react um, when music is played and when someone is responding so positively. It, it just has this ripple effect. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I, um, I'm one of the platinum sponsors of the movie His Neighbor Phil. I don't know if you've heard of that, but that has, I have, a, yeah. yeah, that has a music twist with it as well, and um, very powerful. You know, for both the family and the community at large to to learn the power, you know, of that. And um, you know, there's also a piece in there about um, home care and how it's pushed away from families, and no, we can handle it, and and we also do kind of talkbacks afterwards, addressing those things and the importance of connecting and finding support and not feeling alone and and looking for those moments of joy, creating those moments of joy. And you see all the family dynamics and um, how they twist and turn um, through care and that we all approach it just a little bit different, you know, with that. So Absolutely. What is the best way um, to connect, you know, with others who are going through kind of this same thing with caregivers? Do you have do you have some outlets for them? Well, you know, one of the things they can certainly do is, you know, I mean, the one of the easiest ways is to visit the Comfort Care website, uh, which is comfortcare.com, C-O-M-F-O-R-C-A-R-E.com. There's resources on there to connect with one of the local offices who will often be sponsoring some event in the area or is a great resource for connecting. Um, I also encourage people to contact Music and Memory, musicandmemory.org, which is the organization that is responsible for, uh, for Alive Inside, the film Alive Inside. There's many opportunities there. They're always looking for people to uh, to um, volunteer for programs and they have a lot of information on the website um at uh 
Also, Comfort Care has uh, a YouTube channel on YouTube. It's it's Comfort Care, C-O-M-F-O-R-C-A-R-E, YouTube. And we have a lot of videos there as well. And I, I encourage whoever would like to, to, to reach out and contact me because I would be happy to put you in touch with uh, some local resources in your area. And the, the Alzheimer's Association is another uh, resource for uh, some some support, and I know that they have a 24-hour hotline now. Uh, but in regarding music, there's many many things that you can do. Senior centers often will have musical programs. Um, if if your loved one is living in a community, they will have musical programs. If if you're at home, there's many resources using YouTube. Uh, something simple like going on YouTube and looking up uh, someone's favorite artist. The, the the content on there is amazing, and uh, I always I always use that. Connecting with others too. Uh, the Comfort Care sponsors family skills and support groups in some of our markets, and uh, we'd be happy to connect you with one of those groups, and that puts people together. Um, a live inside screening. The Comfort Care music program is called Joyful Memories, and joyfulmemories.com is another resource where you can go to learn about the next live inside event that's coming up, and it may be in your market. Um, so there's there's lots of things out there, and I, I really uh, encourage anyone to please reach out and contact me, and I and um, I think that. Um, yeah, you know that's that's a that's a great way, and I love to hear from people, and I love to hear what stories you have to share some stories together, and I can be reached at S is in Sam, T is in Tom, O is in Oscar, L is in Larry, L is in Larry, at comfortcare.com, and that's C O M F O R C A R E dot com. That is my email address, and I'd be happy if uh, if I got thousands of emails coming in that would be great because my whole my goal in, in life at this point has always been about music I've always believed in music and I know that music has the power to unify all of us at times when we're trying when we're being pulled apart with various various issues and 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 health concerns and and all types of other issues that we deal with, music can be a very unifying force to help us all come together and help one another to live our best life possible. Agree. Uh, I'm going to throw in just a couple other resources that might be helpful for people, too. Um, one is Alzheimer's Music Connect, which has some great information uh, for people. They can get CDs. They have um, some religious music, they have different genres, and they, and I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but they have a patent pending um, technique with their music, and their research has shown that when people listen to the music, they, their attention span and engagement can increase up to three hours um, after listening to, to the music, and so that's pretty cool. Um, to yeah. to have happen there. Um, the other is I don't know if you've heard about um, the and I'm going brain dead right now. I hate when that happens. But but um, Wayne Mesker has been working with um, Alive Inside as well. But he also is working on um, pulling together um, inform or not information, but um, music um, events around the world for dementia that they do annually, usually in the fall. And um, and for the life of me, I cannot think of the name of it. Isn't that just peachy? So <laughs> I can't. That's awful. And I'm looking on his Facebook page right now trying to save my butt, and I, I'm not doing it. It's not there. It's not there. Rock Against Dementia, that's what it's called. Okay, I found it. <laughs> so I'm good. Um and I was wrong. I guess it's not fall. It's March. Um, let's see. It was March 21st, um, 2015 is when they had it. Um, they did it this year as well. And I'm not quite sure if they've got a date picked out for the following year. But they actually have countries all over the world um, getting involved with this. And Alzheimer's, um, Alzheimer's Disease International is now getting involved with it too. 
And it's it's pretty fascinating because, you know, music is just so powerful. And so many people are writing songs about dementia now, too, which I find very fascinating, too. I mean, just some beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful songs about, um, you know, how we care and things. So um, any last tips that you want to give to people or anything that we didn't talk about that you think we should? Well, the main thing that I, I would like to leave everyone with is that to, you know, don't forget how powerful something simple like music is. Music is all around us every day. It's just a matter of intentionally thinking about how you can use music to connect and engage with someone. It's an extremely powerful tool. It's there all the time. And I also want to encourage everyone who is a caregiver, a baby boomer like myself, write down, create a list of, of music that has significance for you, your own playlist, because going forward as you age, it's going to be a really important tool for you, no matter what happens to you, whether you, whether you're perfectly healthy for the rest of your life or whether you, whether you have something like that, like dementia or something else, it will be a tremendous resource for anyone, for your loved ones. If you're married, make your playlist, give it to your spouse, trade playlists, talk about the music that has significance talk about why they're significant, the stories that are associated with those particular songs. It's a great way to connect. It's a great way to stay really alive and vital for as long as possible. That's what I would, that would be my advice for the day. Okay. Well, sounds like great advice. Again, I just, um, I love that we had this conversation, and hopefully a lot of people will, you know, turn up the music um, and make sure if you need batteries that you have extra ones handy. If you can't play it out loud, you know, there's headsets or earbuds. Um, there's so many different ways to listen nowadays, you know, on our phones, on our TVs, radios, CD players. I mean, it's it's endless. And, um, you know, DVDs, all that kind of stuff. So, um, don't limit yourself and just, you know, the worst, what's the worst that can happen if you try, it doesn't work. Um, but know with somebody with dementia, what might not work one moment might work another. So always try more than once and make sure it's their music. And also to look for the subtleties. You Mm -hmm. may, you may say it's not working, but maybe you're just not looking carefully enough to see that person's foot tapping or something that shows that they're engaging with the music. Yeah, that's a really, really good point um, because we are horrible at um, looking at the nonverbals, absolutely horrible. And um, that is something that we all have to do a much, much better job at. Um, So I'm very, uh, very interested to see how many people will contact you after this or, you know, they may just even tap into your resources and things too and you you may never know how how you and Comfort... uh, Comfort Care have uh, changed people's lives. So I thank you for taking the time to uh, to spend with us today. And again, um, well, it's been my pleasure. Do you want to give people your contact information one more time? Yes. Um, the the website to visit is www.comfortcare.com. That's c o m f o r c a r e dot com. And my email address is s is in Sam. T is in Tom, O is in Oscar, L is in Larry, L is in Larry at comfortcare.com. And I encourage you, please feel free to communicate. Love to hear from you. Great. Thank you so much, Steve. You have a wonderful day. And again, um, so appreciate your time and the work that you're doing. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I want to just give a couple of highlights here before we let you go. If uh, if you haven't listened to our most recent shows, all of our shows are podcasts, so you can go back to the archives. But I'm just going to mention uh, a handful of our most recent ones. We had a safety anchor on, which is a wandering protection unit for people with dementia. And 
Um, they were actually going to give away a free unit and then a couple um, at 50% off. And then I think it was six at 30% off. Worth listening to getting that information and uh, seeing if those are still available. We also had um, a really cool thing on from the UK, sensory chairs and how they are improving health for people. Um, just fascinating. Um, prior to that, we talked about dealing with dementia and technology. We talked about, um, with one uh, care partner, uh, walking the tightrope of sanity, caring for a parent with dementia. And then we had Dr. Forson talking about the detoxing of caregivers and uh, key tips for survival, strength, and passion. On that, our next show, we are going to have a state of the art Alzheimer's care facility on um, in Illinois. And we are also going to have, um, um, let's see, Gary Tong um, with Ludbeck um, in the U.S. Uh, and he is a therapeutic um, area head in the area of dementia. So we're going to be learning about some research there, which will be great. Um, our last Dementia Chats was July 26 due to um, I, I was out of Internet at my place. And so we didn't get to do our August 9th session. But the 26th session was very interesting. We talked about how decision-making changes as the disease progresses. And remember, Dementia Chats, our panelists, all have dementia. We also talked about driving and when and how one decides to stop. And our next session for Dementia Chats, which is a free video um, chat, will be um, August 23rd at 11 Eastern, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, 8 Pacific, and 4 o'clock if you're over in London. Our last Conscious Caring uh, resource, um, which is a video interview, was with Vince Gargo, and he is um, with Alzheimer's Music Fest, and they just had their big festival I want to say it was August 6th down in Atlanta, so that'll be fun. And on the blog, you may want to check out, especially if you're in Minnesota, um, the Good Samaritan Society actually has um, free life coaching for caregivers. Again, that's free, and it's, it's a pretty cool system. So go to Alzheimer's Speaks, and you can just go to our blog um, and find out information there, or like us on Facebook, and everything pops up there as well. Last, I want to shout out to uh, the Caregiver Alert Center, where it's just a, a critical place to be able to register your loved one uh, with dementia um, in case they would happen to wander off. It's, it's inexpensive. It's under $15 a year. And they also have alert centers for children and pets and college students and people who travel. It's really, it's pretty cool system, and it's something that can get pushed out immediately when you just plan ahead. Um, let me see here. Um, on a live and social, if you haven't listened to Apples to Apples on Sunday evenings, check them out if you're into sports. Scott and Drew Applebaum are a father and son team who are pretty comical in terms of discussing what's going on with the games. And last, I just want to offer you to sign up on Alzheimer's Speaks as a member. You'll have access to our tools then. And one of the most popular is your memory chip, which teaches us, um, instead of focusing on what we all talk about being person-centered, which most of us, when we do that, we're following a checklist, it teaches us to first look at, are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? Have a wonderful week, everyone. Talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.